0: Welcome to the Mr. Reagan 2020 Candidate Special, Part 2. Mr. Reagan. Eric Swalwell. Eric Swalwell is a virtue signaler of the First Order. He and Cory Booker are indistinguishable in every way except skin color. So, like in the case of Beto and Buttigieg, Booker wins. Which makes me wonder why Swalwell is running at all. I mean, he's running as a Democrat in 2020. I mean, he's not just white. He's a ginger. He's like the Conan O'Brien or Jim Gaffigan of politicians. He's the whitest of all whites. What is he thinking? All right, before we start part two, I'd like to talk once again about this Trump coin. Again, I was going to say, I'm so sorry I have to waste your time with this ad here for a minute, but you know what? It's worth it, This because this is a cool thing. This is actually a cool thing. Donald Trump arrived back from a golf weekend smiling as he walked across the White House lawn. The smile wasn't about the golf, though. It has taken 2,800 subpoenas, 500 search warrants, 19 lawyers, and 40 FBI agents for Donald Trump to announce that the attempt to tie him to Russian interference in the election campaign has totally failed. It was a complete and total exoneration. So after 22 months of investigations, the president triumphed yet again. There is no case for impeaching him. He just keeps rolling with the punches. Since being elected, he has also overseen the first major tax reform in 30 years, the lowest unemployment rate in 18 years, the lowest jobless claims since 1973, and the highest Dow Jones index level in U.S. history. If you're a fan of the president, like I am, and you want to show your support, you might want to celebrate the news with one of these solid silver or pure gold President Trump Freedom Coins. And you can get one of these coins. Look how awesome that is. And it's got all, like, his, like, achievements here for, like, the first two years. Okay, you can get one of these coins by going to trumpcoin2020.com and also make sure that you use the code REAGAN to save $5 off the silver coin and use the code REAGANGOLD to save $100 off the gold coin. I have a link to the website in the description below. All right, now let's break down the 2020 field. The far left publication, The Atlantic, had this to say about a potential Eric Swalwell primary victory. No, let's just go with no. My investigative reporter friend Dick Jackman observed he's too good looking to be a Democrat. (laughs) I don't know about that, but I'm pretty sure he's a robot.
1: Donald Trump is not
0: malicious.
1: (laughs) The only way he becomes effective is if people are willing to carry out his orders. We just need to make sure the next person is not willing to carry out an unlawful order.
0: Robot Swalwell. Robot Swalwell announced his candidacy on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. So we know he's serious. I'm running for president of the United States. To
2: honor you announcing on our show, I'm giving you a very coveted, <laughs> I announced on The Late Show yeah. with
3: Stephen Colbert. <laughs> Button right there. There asking, Thank you go, that's for you, sir. Thank you. Very limited yes.
0: edition. Yes. yes. Eric Swalwell has an estimated net worth of negative $54,000, according to the LA Times. The man makes $174,000 per year and has been in office since 2012. I mean, no judgment, I've still got student debt, but I've mostly been a total failure. This guy is highly successful. I don't think it's a stretch to say that he is not the best at personal finance. And he wants to control the pocketbook of the nation? I don't think so. He's running on a gun control platform, a gun violence platform but he hasn't said a thing about the violence in the black community in america his entire focus is on what he calls military weapons (laughs) never mind that pretty much every gun murder in america happens with a pistol eric swalwell does not hedge on gun control he takes the pretty much unelectable position that we should confiscate all military style weapons from the public and imprison those who resist gun control is the central plank in your campaign you wrote last year quote We should ban possession
1: of military-style semi-automatic assault weapons. We should buy back such weapons from all who choose to abide by the law. And we should criminally prosecute any who choose to defy it by keeping their weapons. What's the punishment for people who don't hand in their guns? Do they go to jail? Well, Jake, uh, they would, but I also offer an alternative, which would be to keep them
0: at a hunting club or a shooting range. He's also one of the most vocal, hardcore anti-Trump guys in the field. He relentlessly attacks Trump to the point of absurdity. He sounds like the ladies of The View. He's the type of guy who uses really strong language to sound authoritative, but that's a problem because when he's wrong, he's really wrong. And he's wrong a lot. And this is where he and Cory Booker are like brothers from another mother. They have precisely the same rhetorical strategy. Extreme positions supported by strong, unapologetic language. As I said, a virtue signaler of the First Order. And, as I said, Cory Booker is black, so using leftist logic, he wins. The stupidest thing that I could find that Eric Swalwell has said is when referring to a hypothetical war between gun owners and the U.S. government over gun rights, he said, it would be a short war, my friend. The government has nukes. Charming, a presidential candidate who jokes, about nuking American citizens. So tempting. The best thing about him, his parents are strong Republicans. I feel so bad for his mother. Cory Booker. Cory Booker is, he's one of the biggest jokes in politics, and he's been a huge joke for years. Honestly, if Cory Booker was white, nobody would even be paying attention to him. I mean, if he was white, he'd be called Eric Swalwell. Cory Booker is most famous for telling everybody that he was Spartacus. Now, I appreciate the comments of my colleagues. This is about the closest I'll...
1: Probably ever have in my life to an I am Spartacus moment.
0: Now, in his defense, he was saying that he was Spartacus not because he himself was endowed with the qualities of the legendary Thracian gladiator, but rather because his fellow Democrats stood up for him in a way that he felt mirrored the events of the film Spartacus. So he was actually complimenting them and not himself, but the way he said it, as with pretty much everything Cory Booker says, was awkward and led to pretty ruthless criticism from the right. I was guilty of it myself. But Booker has said so many annoying things over the years that I don't really feel that bad about it. Cory Booker is the biggest virtue signaler in U.S. politics today. Everything that he says sounds like a Martin Luther King Jr. speech. He could be talking about how much he likes McDonald's french fries and he'd make it sound like he's making a stand on the greatest ethical decision of our lifetime. This is why so many people hate Cory Booker. The guy is exhausting sanctimonious. Commander-in-chief in an Oval Office meeting, referring to people from
1: African countries and Haitians with the most vile and vulgar language. that language festers. When ignorance and bigotry is allied with power, it is a dangerous force in our country. Your silence and your amnesia is complicity. Right now, in our nation, we have a problem. I don't know if 73% of your time is spent on white supremacist hate groups. When Dick Durbin called me, I had tears of rage when I heard about his experience in that meeting. And for you not to feel that hurt and that pain and to dismiss some of the questions of my colleagues, Tens of millions of Americans are hurting right now because of what they're worried about what happened in the White House. That's unacceptable to me. There are threats in this country. I'm grateful to be on this committee. I'm more than ever today happy I'm here. Thank you.
0: He is indignant about everything. There's been wide speculation that Cory Booker is gay. Well, he's not, but I think all the speculation is because he's always single, and I think he's always single because he's insufferable. I can see him going home to his wife like, did you buy this mirror? This mirror has a gold frame. Do you know how many hungry mouths that gold could have fed? Honey, it's just painted gold It's not really solid gold. I cannot sit idly by as people starve to death because you wanted a gold frame. Yeah, but it's not. That's not the point. It looks gold. Every time I look at the mirror, I'm gonna think of those kids, those poor, starving children. What kids, what are you talking about? Kids, there are, somewhere in the world, kids are starving. And clearly you don't even care. And then she leaves him and she takes half of his net worth. <laughs> okay, that, that took too long. I'm sorry about that. Booker is running on a platform of, I have no idea. No one knows. It's just, I think that I think he's running on the I'm Black platform. I think some people probably told him that that he reminds them of Barack Obama until so he got it in his head that like, mm, maybe, maybe I'm next. Something like that. But he's really awkward. I actually like Booker because of this. I, I kind of have sympathy for nerdy socially awkward guys. I would for sure be friends with this guy if like, you know, if like we grew up together or whatever. But even if he was a strong Republican I probably would never vote for the guy in a presidential primary. He's just way too awkward and he tries way too hard and he really wants to be president and he just, it's obvious to everybody. People don't like it when they can see that you're trying too hard. You've just got to show people that you're the right person for the job. You can't seem too desperate. I knowingly violated the rules that were put forth.
1: I understand that that the penalty comes with potential ousting from the Senate. Okay. I'm saying I'm knowingly violating the rules. Okay. Senator Corners calling me you out learn, for it. How many times I, do you learn? That, tell us, sir. sir I, yesterday I broke these sham committee confidential rules and I accept full responsibility for what I'm doing.
0: If you weren't following there, Senator Booker says he broke the rules. He actually (laughs) didn't break the rules. We'll get to that in a second. Cory Booker is running on this weird idea called baby bonds. That baby bond legislation?
4: Yes, the baby bonds. Tell us, what is a baby bond and how will it close the racial wealth gap?
1: Imagine if you now, every 18-year-old has up to $50,000 of capital.
4: That's huge.
1: It's huge. Mm. Columbia University says my bill would literally eliminate virtually eliminate the racial wealth gap in America. Wealth is what's important. And we are at a point now, in in Boston for example, the average white family's wealth is about $280,000. You know what the average black family's wealth is?
5: $8, is that
0: right? $8.
1: You know your data. And that's like, that's come
0: on. I hate this race stuff. I'm so sick of it. Booker's greatest sin, in my mind, is that he perpetuates the black people in America are oppressed myth. It's just so stupid. Black people are not oppressed. There's no black American who is worse off than the average African in Africa, right? Life is hard for everyone. Black, white, gay, straight, men, women, Christian, Muslim, atheist, everyone. The more you encourage any particular group to believe that their lack of success is somebody else's fault, the less likely they will be to sort themselves out. We keep telling the black community that any lack of success is the fault of white America. Just remember, every time that you tell them that, you discourage individuals within that community from going out and making a success of themselves. You've got to do battle with this world in order to be successful. We all do, okay? Unless you go out into the world with confidence, with a genuine belief that you can succeed, you will almost certainly fail. So stop telling people that their situation is unjust. Everybody's situation is unjust, okay? Everybody's life is filled with tragedy. If you want poor people to climb out of poverty, start encouraging them to participate in the American dream. Will Cory Booker win the nomination? I highly doubt it, but it's not impossible. I think he likes being in the limelight, though, and, and this keeps him there. He's going to be in this race for as long as he can. The hugely oppressed Cory Booker has a net worth of $3 million. Kamala Harris.
4: Wakanda forever. Paid for by Kamala Harris.
0: Ugh. This is who we have running for president now. Kamala Harris began her political career in San Francisco as a kind of career prostitute. Her foray into politics was facilitated by a man she was sleeping with in the 1990s. This guy, Willie Brown, 30 years her senior. He was the most powerful politician in San Francisco for many years. Kamala Harris... Was his girlfriend. As mayor, Willie Brown appointed Kamala to two very well paid state commissioner positions, essentially taking money from the city to pay his mistress. He has done the same thing for his current girlfriend, by the way, through his buddy Gavin Newsom. This is all confirmed by Willie Brown himself in an interview he gave with the San Francisco Chronicle. He said, yeah, we dated. Yeah, I may have influenced her career by appointing her to two state commissions when I was assembly speaker. And I certainly helped her with her first race for district attorney in San Francisco. He downplayed the corrupt nature of his actions by saying that he helped with the careers of lots of his friends, like Nancy Pelosi and Gavin Newsom and Diane Feinstein. And Willie Brown, after all, is famous for handing out high-paying government jobs to his friends. But as far as I know, Gavin Newsom was never sleeping with him. Another fun fact about Kamala Harris, she thinks ICE is the new Ku Klux Klan. You were comparing it to the
4: Ku Klux Klan, Ku Klux Klan, um, the KKK. But please talk about the history. What is the history?
3: Well, the, the Klan was a, a, what we would call today a domestic terrorist group.
4: Why? Why, why would we call them domestic terrorist group?
3: Because they tried to use fear and force to change political environment.
4: Are you aware of the perception of um, many about w- how the, the, the power and the discretion at ICE is being used to enforce the laws? And do you see any parallels?
3: I do not see any parallels between I'm talking about perception. officers and agents. I'm talking but, about perception. I, I do not see a parallel between what is constitutionally mandated as it, as it relates to enforcing the law. Are you aware
4: that, that there's a, a perception?
3: I see no... Are you aware that there's a that perception that puts ICE in the same category as the KKK? Is that
4: what you're asking me? I, no, I'm very specific about what I'm asking you. Are you aware of a perception that the way that the discretion... I see to no inf- I'm not finished. I see none. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. Are you aware that there's a perception that, that ICE is administering its power in a way that is causing fear and intimidation, um, um, particularly among immigrants, and and specifically among immigrants coming from Mexico and Central America. Are you aware of that perception?
3: I, I do not see a parallel between the power and the authority that ICE has to do its job and the agents and officers who do it professionally and excellently with lots of compassion.
4: Sir, how can you be the head of an agency and be unaware of how your agency is perceived by certain communities?
3: There is a lot of perceptions in the media and in the public that are incorrect, about the But the perception and what it does.
4: exists, would you agree? Whether or not it's correct. And wouldn't you agree then that if that perception exists, there might need to be some work done to correct the perception?
3: I, I do want to advocate for the workforce, and I think more people need to know how valuable they are to the society. Um, so I agree with you on that.
0: And as awful as that clip is, the cringiest thing I've ever seen her do was this hilarious bit that she did for the late show. With Stephen Colbert.
4: I'm California Senator Kamala Harris, and I am pleased to announce that I am running for the first ever Senate seat of Wakanda. I have no problem doing my fair share and grabbing a spear. Public perception is key. I'm willing to shave my head if absolutely necessary. Killmonger may have ruined and burned your field of heart shaped herbs, but don't worry. I'm from California. I can repopulate that field with a bunch of different herbs. I know you will make the right choice. And as always, Wakanda forever.
0: Yeah. Kamala Harris is worth $4 million. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I should say that according to the Russian that I'm currently colluding with, my girlfriend, uh, dinner parties where the men dine shirtless is a common tradition in Russia, so this isn't that weird. Um, Although she did mention that she finds it disgusting, just not abnormal. What is abnormal is that this video was taken in 1988. Russia was still the USSR, and this is where Bernie Sanders, as a sitting U.S. senator, decided to go on his honeymoon. Sanders is generally thought to be more or less scandal-free. He's not involved in any sex scandals or insider trading. He seems like a, you know, though misguided, genuine, principled old guy. The problem, however, is that his principles are that of communism. This guy is a communist. That's the big Bernie Sanders scandal.
2: Okay, one aspect, what is going on in Nicaragua and where president, and again, what has to be understood is the economic problems of Nicaragua are not unique in Central America or in the Third World. In fact, as poor as Nicaragua is, one of the nice things that I saw is that as a result of government policy, direct government policy in terms of the distribution of food, people are not hungry, by and large. I think it's fair to say. You know, it's funny, sometimes American journalists talk about how bad a country is because people are lining up for food. That's a good thing. In other countries, people don't line up for food. The rich get the food, and the poor starve to death. In Nicaragua, people are not starving uh, to death. You know, they never learn. You may recall way back in, what was it, 1961, they invaded Cuba. And everybody was totally convinced that Castro was the worst guy in the world. All the Cuban people were going to rise up in rebellion against Fidel Castro. They had forgot that he educated their kids, gave them health care, totally transformed the society. Just because Ronald Reagan dislikes these people does not mean to say that the people in their own nations feel the same way. So they expected this tremendous uprising in Cuba. It never came.
0: People seem to forget that. They sort of lump him in with these other leftists as like a left-wing progressive or whatever. And that's the name that they're using these days, by the way. If you hear progressive, that's the socialists' word for themselves. They call themselves progressive. They'll, they'll complain that establishment Democrats aren't true progressive, and that just means that old school Democrats like Joe Biden aren't socialists. Bernie Sanders is the OG socialist. AOC, Rashida Tlaib, these are all just pretenders to the throne. They're soft socialists. They want the Scandinavian fairy tale. The truth is that they don't give two poos about socialism. They're legitimately racist against white people, and they see socialism as a convenient ploy to redistribute as much wealth into their respective communities as possible. The Democratic platform is great about that, environmentalists get a little, Black Lives Matter gets a little, LGBT gets a little feminists get a little, unions get a little you guys are going to vote for us, right? Okay, good, good Hispanics get a little, Muslims get a little illegal immigrants get a little, we'll go ahead and and, uh, get you that citizenship real soon so you can vote for us too, alright? And for those who think I'm being too severe when I say these women are legitimately racist, I would respond by asking you to consider what it means to condemn an entire ethnic group an entire gender, an entire religion the left, and specifically the progressives constantly rant on about how racist white people are how sexist men are how intolerant christians are they insist that negatively stereotyping any group is some great evil and then they turn around and negatively stereotype everyone they don't like in every conceivable way they are hypocrites of the highest order their passionate calls for wealth distribution are merely punishments for those they despise compounded with a shameless power grab it's the dirtiest kind of deceptive politics But I don't think they want true socialism. In their mind, socialism is rich white men pay for the rest of us. Being a socialist is wonderful in a capitalist democracy. You can pretend to be some kind of hero fighting for the poor and the marginalized while never actually having to suffer the consequences of the depraved system to which you subscribe. But Sanders, the OG, is not a fake socialist like the rest of these guys. He's legit, and he's been a legit socialist since the USSR days. He just won't give it up. I guess that makes him legitimately... Too legit to quit. Bernie Sanders' net worth is $2 million. Certainly not the wealthiest dirtbag in Congress, but not the net worth of your typical communist. The net worth of the average Venezuelan is about zero, I think. The average income for Cuba is something like $200 per year. You, Bernie Sanders, are a terrible communist. You know what? I say send them all to Venezuela Bernie, AOC, Omar, Tliab, the real socialists, and the fake ones. Let them live in the socialist utopia. For which they yearn. Now, Bernie has said many stupid things in his life, but my favorite has got to be the time that he got Wolf Blitzer confused with Jake Tapper in an interview. <laughs> he just kept calling Wolf Blitzer Jake <laughs> over and over and over again, even after Wolf Blitzer corrected him. <laughs> We're going to Orlando next week, and I'll tell you one of the issues
2: that concerns me. That's where they're going. Isn't that good enough for you? No, what's good enough for me is this not a game, Jake. This is whether or not we continue. That's what I'm trying to do. And when we do that, Jake, you're going to have a lot wolf, of enthusiasm. Wolf. Wolf. I'm sorry. <laughs> wolf. I'm looking at the yeah. sign over there. Uh, do you have the confidence way. in the way Look, Hillary... Jake, all I can tell you is... So you, have, you, you think they look, should go Look, Jake, I you're asking me questions. What do I know? I...
0: When I found this video on YouTube, one guy commented, quote, give this man the nuclear codes immediately. <laughs> Somebody else wrote, what makes this really hilarious is the screen behind him that says wolf about a thousand times. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm I'm so professional. This guy kills me. There are a few good things about Bernie. Oh, my gosh. I'm crying. There are a few good things about Bernie. As I said before, he's principled. I respect that. And he helped keep Hillary out of office in 2016. So you know what? Here's to you, Bernie. But, I mean, he still is a communist, so. Amy Klobuchar. Amy Klobuchar is every schoolteacher I've ever hated. Now, don't quote me on that, Snopes. That's what we call a metaphor. I will explain it to you in another video. Seriously, though, did you ever have a teacher that you just hated? One of those really evil ones? You know what I'm talking about. Because you know, deep down, you deserve to be punished.
3: It's all right, Grace. It's Ferris Bueller, little twerp. I'm going to set a trap and let
0: him fall right into it.
2: You've got a real attitude problem, McFly.
0: You're a slacker. Amy Klobuchar is almost a caricature of a mean teacher.
5: The ABA said that it made that request because of its, quote, respect for the rule of law and due process under law. I'm just waiting until the staff is done talking over there.
0: And actually, Klobuchar does not just appear to be a psychopath. She really is one. Klobuchar consistently dehumanizes her staff. She has her campaign people running personal errands, including washing her dishes, which actually violates Senate ethic rules, by the way. And she has even admitted to throwing things in the office. Wait, she dehumanizes people, she throws things at them, and she makes them wash her dishes. I think Amy Klobuchar really just wants a wife. If that wasn't clear, that was a self-deprecating joke about sexism, suggesting that I'm unaware that dehumanizing, forcing to wash dishes, and throwing things at one's wife is inappropriate, and that joking about such things will only reinforce the stereotypes that conservatives are misogynist pigs. But for the record, I do realize these things, which is why making such a self-deprecating joke is funny. Apparently, Klobuchar is notorious for being the worst boss in Washington and had a lot of trouble finding a campaign manager because nobody was willing to work for her. That's a true story. Allow me to give you an example of angry Klobuchar's behavior. This was in the New York Times. One time, one of Klobuchar's staff forgot to bring a plastic fork onto a flight in which Klobuchar fancied a salad. For this infraction, the staff member was characteristically berated. Klobuchar then pulled a comb from her purse, devoured the salad, handed the staff member the comb, and snapped, clean it. (laughs) Klobuchar defends her behavior as having high expectations, sure. You don't hear much about this because, one, nobody cares about angry Klobuchar, and two, female reporters and news editors all bury the story under the excuse the Klobuchar accusations are sexist. They claim that if a man mistreated his staff in this way, it wouldn't make the news. Come on. If you are such a horrible person that nobody will work for you and you're running for president, yeah, that's going to make it into the news. That story transcends race, religion, gender, sexual preference. If you are a newsworthy level a-hole, no amount of she's from an oppressed class BS is going to save you. Klobuchar became famous during the Kavanaugh hearings when she asked Brett Kavanaugh if he'd ever blacked out from drinking.
5: But the concern is about truthfulness. And in your written testimony, you said sometimes you had too many drinks. Uh, was there ever a time when you drank so much that you couldn't remember what happened or part of what happened the night before?
1: I, I, no, I remember what happened, and I think you've probably had beers, and and— so, so
5: you're saying there's never been a case where you drank so much that you didn't remember what happened the night before or part of what happened that's you're asking about yeah blackout i don't know have you could you answer the question, judge? I just so you that's not happened is that your answer yeah, and I'm curious if you have. I have no drinking problem.
0: That's it. That's why Angry Klobuchar is running for president that moment. What is Angry Klobuchar running on? Nobody knows. More importantly, nobody cares. Net worth? Nobody cares. 2018 charitable donations? Nobody cares. My prediction? Angry Klobuchar will be one of the first candidates to drop out. The only remarkable thing about her is how mean she is to her staff. Not a viable candidate. Let's move on. Elizabeth Warren, a.k.a. Pocahontas. Elizabeth Warren is one of our more famous contestants here on Who Wants to Be a President. Warren famously claimed to be a Native American, for which Trump dubbed her Pocahontas, the most brilliant nickname he has yet bestowed upon a political rival. Pocahontas, they always want me to apologize for saying it. And I hereby, oh no, I want to apologize, I'll use tonight. Pocahontas, I apologize to you. I apologize. To you, I apologize. To the, to the fake Pocahontas, I won't apologize. Pocahontas really first blew up with a speech that went viral.
5: There is nobody in this country who got rich on his own. Nobody. You built a factory out there. Good for you. But I want to be clear. You moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. You hired workers the rest of us paid to educate. You uh, were safe in your factory because of police forces and fire forces that the rest of us paid for. You didn't have to worry that marauding bands would come and seize everything at your factory and hire someone to protect against this because of the work the rest of us did. Now look, you built a factory and it turned into something terrific or a great idea. God bless, keep a big hunk of it. But part of the underlying social contract is you take a hunk of that and pay forward for the next kid who comes along.
0: These are ideas that Elizabeth Warren lifted from a guy named George Lakoff, a professor at Berkeley. Both Lakoff's ideas and Elizabeth Warren's reiteration are total bunk. Because the premise of their argument, so lauded by the progressive masses, is based on a fundamental misrepresentation of tax collection. That is, that taxes are collected from the common man. No, taxes are not collected from the common man. The top 1% paid a greater share of individual income taxes than the bottom 90% combined. The top 50% of all taxpayers paid paid 97% of all total individual income taxes. Basically, rich people pay all the taxes in this country. To say that there is no such thing as a self-made man is malarkey. This is being said, mind you, by academics who are basically paid to talk about things Theoretically. These people don't actually compete in the market, so often they don't fully understand it.
2: Einstein did his best stuff when he was working as a patent clerk. You know how much a patent clerk earns? No! Personally, I like the university. They gave us money and facilities. We didn't have to produce anything. You've never been out of college. You don't know what it's like out there. I've worked in the private sector. They expect results.
0: Look, if you want to say that these business owners aren't self-made men because they are benefiting from the resources pooled by the federal government, fine. But that's not money that came from the lower classes. These millionaires aren't standing on the shoulders of the public. They're standing on the shoulders of other millionaires. Okay, if we're going to redistribute the wealth that they've generated appropriately, then we need to distribute it back to these other millionaires. And I don't think that's what Warren had in mind. But that's accurate. That. That's an accurate representation of how these businesses are facilitated by the public infrastructure. That's the real story. So Pocahontas' claim that the entrepreneurs of the world owe something to the public, the speech that first made her famous, it's total bunk. Her ethnic makeup is bunk. Her political philosophy is bunk. And her relatable social media videos are bunk. Um,
5: I'm glad for everybody who's joining this video. It's great to hear from you. Hold on a sec.
3: I'm going to get
5: me um, a beer. Husband Bruce hey. is now in here. Um,
3: You want a beer?
2: No, I'll pass on the beer for now. Sure? You sure? Yes.
3: So hey. this is my sweetie. Hello. Um the <laughs> best. And I'm crazy. Oh, yeah. I love you.
5: I love you too. Hey. Thank you for being here. Pleasure. I'm glad you're here. Yep.
0: Enjoy your beer. Pocahontas has a net worth of eight million dollars. And I will 100% embrace socialism if she gives me half of that. Share the wealth, Pocahontas. I'm kidding, of course. I will never embrace socialism. I can't even say that as a joke. It bugs me so much. The stupidest thing that Elizabeth Warren has ever said, and yes, I know stupidest is not a word, but I like it anyway. You know what? I'll let Elizabeth Warren speak for herself.
5: I still have a picture on my mantle at home, and my Aunt B has walked by that picture at least a thousand times, remarked. That, he, that her father, my papa, had high cheekbones like all of the Indians do.
3: Hey, Jerry, look what I got!
0: <laughs> Mike Gravel. The Gravelanche. I've actually heard it's Gravel, but I don't care. This guy may get the award for being the most hilarious candidate. This guy is 88. 88. He's already 12 years over the life expectancy of the average American man. (laughs) In 2020, when this election will take place, he's going to be 90 years old. Ordinarily, I don't like criticizing politicians with irrelevant facts. I mean, I know I'm breaking that rule throughout this video, but that's for comedic effect. It doesn't count. But I mean, 90? Okay, I think when you're that old, I think that age shifts from being irrelevant to totally relevant. At that point, I think we're really voting for the vice president. I mean, we've got to start paying a lot more attention to who this guy picks as VP if he wins the primary. Our concern with Trump was a little bit different. Donald Trump faced the real prospect of being assassinated by some radical leftist nut. So what did Trump do? he brought in the most conservative possible VP, a stalwart of the religious right. Somebody who would be even more hated by the left than Trump himself, Mike Pence. Pure genius. Trump's like, okay, you guys, go ahead and kill me, but then you'll have this guy. (laughs) Radical leftists all over the country are like, you know, we've got to assassinate, ah, damn it! But I digress. The truth is, Gravel is not actually running for president. I don't want to be president. I'm, I'm too old. What happened was, and this is hilarious, A bunch of teenagers put him up to it as a kind of political prank. And you're just using me. And I don't mind being used. (laughs) So this campaign, Gravel's campaign, is really that of David Oakes, a 17-year-old high school senior and his buddy, Elijah Emery. These guys are typical high school students with a lot of wit and guts and leftist delusions. Their stated goal is to get enough support where they can get Gravel onto debate stages and basically attack other Democrats for not being leftist enough. They say they want to shift the conversation Further left, shift the Overton window is the popular expression amongst progressives. But in reality, this is already being done by Bernie and Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris, not to mention the new team of crazy congressmen AOC and her gang. So there's got to be like another motivation here, and I think it's just ragging on the other candidates. If you look at these guys' Twitter account, Gravel's account that he's letting these kids take over, it's all basically just a trolling campaign against the other Democratic candidates. And as trolling campaigns go, it's a damn good one. Of Cory Booker, the teenagers wrote, If you want a vision of the future under Cory Booker, imagine a boot stomping on a human face forever. And every once in a while, it stops for an inspirational lecture on how we should never stop dreaming. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie, that is freaking hilarious. Of Pete Buttigieg, they wrote, Say what you will about Buttigieg, at least the latest narcissistic product of the best schools to rule Macron-style over a decaying country mired in poverty and addiction... We'll speak Norwegian. It'll be cool. (laughs) Of Beto, they wrote, the Beto campaign will pierce new frontiers in
4: meaninglessness.
0: (laughs) These guys are, I have to admit, pretty epic trollers. I mean, they're so good at this that I sometimes wonder if they're not secretly Trump supporters who are, you know, just exploiting Gravel's Twitter account just to uh, wreck the other candidates. Okay, time to get serious. Unofficially... Mike Ravel seems to be running on a Marijuana is Good campaign. The teenagers running his Twitter account have asked people to donate $4.20 as a way to encourage the pro-pot community to donate. And this is one of their primary constituencies, if not their only constituency. Mike Ravel, after all, was the CEO of a major marijuana company. I think he still might be. I'm not sure. But the pot thing is kind of the unofficial platform. Officially... Mike Gravel is running on the platform No More Wars. This guy is super anti-military, like to a point where I'd call him an isolationist. And isolationism is the position that the U.S. took before World War I, where we just don't engage in any wars. We're neutral like Switzerland. And this is, this is actually a reasonable position and super tempting and something I'd say is worth looking into for conservatives. But I'm also of the mind that the world is constantly playing an epic game of King of the Hill. And the U.S has been the king for a very long time. So lots of other cultures want to knock us down. And so we can't be really complacent about our military presence in the world. However, one of his proposals is to get our troops out of Germany and Japan and Afghanistan and everywhere else in the world. And I think there's a compelling argument for that. And I'm not anti-military, but I'm definitely against this, you know, USA world police thing. However, Gravel also wants to stop using military force to stop terrorists. And he wants to pay reparations for basically all foreign communities that he deems to have been, quote, negatively impacted by U.S. military bases abroad, end quote. Okay? And he wants to pay reparations to, I'm not joking, Guantanamo detainees. (laughs) I mean, Mike Gravel is batsh- crazy. His platform is also pro-BDS, which is an anti-Israeli position, which stands for Boycott, Divest, and Sanction. This is widely regarded as an anti-Semitic policy. I don't think everybody who supports BDS is an anti-Semite. I actually hate it when people point a finger and say bigot just because they support a particular set of political policies. We see that every day, obviously, with the tr- with Donald Trump and like the border wall. But the BDS thing is really controversial on the left. There's a huge split. Many leftists claim that BDS is anti-Semitic, and then some leftists embrace BDS. So this is a big unresolved issue on the left, and they they really have to figure it out. I think you can be anti-Israel and not anti-Semitic, but if you take a truly objective look at the Palestinian aggression versus Israeli action against Palestine, it's pretty clear who the bad guys are. I mean, Israel is a complicated mess that can't easily be resolved. Given the violent tendencies of Hamas and terrorist groups generally, I think it's irrational to support the Palestinian side. I don't see a ton of Jewish terrorist groups running around the world suicide bombing Christian churches on Easter Sunday, killing hundreds of innocent people. I'm just saying, and and for those of you who's like, oh, it's unrelated, come on, guys, this is a pattern. All right, and these groups are connected. They're funded by the same people and they have the same violent ideology. Being pro-BDS I get that some of these people think that they're supporting the plight of the poor oppressed Palestinians but come on. These oppressed people are consistently perpetrating acts of terrorism against Israel. Settlements is not a reasonable excuse for murder. An article in the Washington Post illustrated the violence of Palestinians against Israelis using the example of a pregnant Israeli woman who was shot by Palestinians causing her to lose her baby in. December 2018. Also mentioned was the rape and murder of a 19-year-old girl from a West Bank settlement. On the other hand, the example that they used of a Jewish terror attack was a mosque with the Star of David spray-painted onto it. Anyway, not every Jewish man in Israel is a good guy. Not every Palestinian is a terrorist. But it seems to me that the Israeli position tends towards defense and the Palestinian position tends toward aggression. Mike Gravel also promotes a super-juiced-up social program, essentially an uber-nanny state, the same kinds of stuff that the socialists are asking for. But I'm not going to get into all that because it's a bit overwhelming and Gravel isn't even a serious contender, so his ideas aren't really worth discussing. Again, this isn't really his campaign. It's the campaign of a bunch of teenagers. Now, Mike Gravel understands that he's being used as a mouthpiece for the political views of these kids, or I should say his Twitter account is being used as a mouthpiece. He freely admits this, but he thinks it's fine because these guys more or less share the same radical political views as Gravel.
2: As a a legislator, I've used people all my life, and so if they're using me for what they believe in, which happens to be the same things that I believe in, then Boy,
0: Katie, bar the door. We want to do more. Yeah, exactly. That- At the end of the day, I'm actually really impressed by these high school students. I I think they've adopted the politics of a delusional worldview, but they're really smart kids, and they've found a, a brilliant way to become prominent political players while they're still in high school. I mean, wow. One place that they've fallen short is the campaign announcement video that, they, that the kids made for Gravel. This thing was Amateur Hour. It was nowhere near the legendary genius of his first presidential campaign video in 2008, which was Gravel silently standing in front of the camera for a full minute before walking off and throwing a rock into a creek. (laughs) I actually remember this. It it was very weird. It was like an experimental film or something. Watch. Crazy, but brilliant. Gravel explained that the video was like a metaphor for life. Quote, You exist, you cause ripples in the water, and then you disappear. It's strange that the primary thing that Gravel is known for is an avant-garde modern art campaign video. I'm not sure that I'd want that to be my legacy, but it definitely got him noticed in 2008. So, it did its job. In the 2020 video, the high school kids tried to recapture the attention-grabbing genius of this original video but it just didn't work. Granted, these are high school students, so I won't be too critical. In all honesty, I think your efforts aren't helping the Democrats. I think that you're helping out Trump. I know he doesn't want to be president, but this campaign is just too much fun. I love it. Of all the Democratic candidates running for 2020, This is the guy I'm supporting for president, Mike Gravel. (laughs) Sweetheart, can we we stop it? Well, that's it for me. Thanks for watching. If you like this video, hit the like button. If you want to see more like this, please subscribe. And if you hate me, your name is probably Seth Moulton or Wayne Messam. Sorry, guys. It was a long list. And to be honest, I got lazy toward the end. Good night.
3: I will not make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes... My opponent's
2: youth and inexperience. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. Now...